Friends, let us pray. God of all things, this morning as our breath fills our lungs, may we find you here in this place. May we find rest and peace. Amen. Summer is usually filled with lots of different traditions, right? We've got cookouts and family vacations and celebrations, camps, so much more, right? And I feel like we always want to try to live at a slower pace during summer because the days are longer. And so we want to just hold on to every single moment that we can. And so in this sermon series that we are starting today, Summer Psalms, we are going to be looking at different psalms each Sunday and reflecting on a different summer pastime and seeing how a psalmist may have something to say about our season of life that we are in. And so this morning we're going to be looking at Psalm 2023, a a fan favorite of some, I, I bet. Um, And I'm looking forward to looking at the ways that Sabbath and Psalm 23 fit hand in hand in the ways that God is speaking to us this morning. My name is Maggie Proshek, and I am the family pastor here at Arapahoe United Methodist Church. And I am so thankful again to be here and worship with all of you bringing the message this morning. Growing up, my summers were always so busy. I was always on to the next thing, whether it was um, church camp or a VBS or a youth choir thing or band camp or a vacation, whatever it was, I was always on to something else. And I remember many summers where there was just about a day in between most of the trips where I could come home, do a quick load of laundry, put it in the dryer, then right from the dryer, it would go right back into my bag. Um, So I could go out the door the very next day for the next adventure. And I feel like even now as an adult, I'm still just as busy during the summertime. I mean, let's take this very summer, for example. Earlier in June, at the beginning of June, we had VBS. And we welcomed like 50 wonderful kids, a bunch of adults, youth helpers into our building. We had a great time doing VBS. It rolled right into the next week for annual conference, where is um, basically a bunch of Methodist nerds get all together and we talk business and we worship together and we have a good time. And it was wonderful seeing some friends and colleagues that I haven't seen in a while. Then that rolled right into um, our, our youth mission week. I was planning that, getting ready for that. And we had a wonderful time again. It was so life-giving to be able to serve with our students and serve different areas um, around the, the, our area. And that rolled right into this last week where I am uh, preparing for the message this morning, um, also preparing for Bridgeport camp. And so like right after worship, I'm changing, that I'm hopping in my car and I'm headed to Bridgeport, Texas, um, which is just past Denton, if you don't know where it's at. And I am headed to camp with a bunch of junior high students. And so you can say that my summer so far has been fairly busy. And last night was a lot of uh, last minute laundry. Um, So it brought me back (laughs) to to my days as a youth. But, and, and so I'm sure that you can all relate to this where we had those busy seasons of life. Maybe some of them are starting to pop up into your head. Maybe you're in one right now where you're just going and going and going and all you have time for is a quick load of laundry to throw it in and then throw it back in the bag to go on to something else. But now that we find ourselves 
coming out of this pandemic slowly but surely still having to follow some rules but having a little bit more freedom i find that a lot of our schedules are starting to fill back up right we're starting to sign up for more things go to more family functions go hang out with our friends a little bit more our schedules are starting to fill up but at the beginning of the pandemic if you remember we had a lot of time on our hands i am i the only one that learned how to bake bread were there any more bread, bread bakers in here? No? Okay. Then I guess it was just me. Oh, yep. Thank you so much. Yeah, so we just had so much time on our hands, right? Whether you liked it or not, we just had that time on our hands. And now I've heard from some folks that this last year or so was really a nice time for them because they were forced to stop. They were forced to take time to be with their families, to relearn and get to know them in a deeper way that they hadn't done because they were so busy. But for others, I know that this past year was filled with a lot of anxiety, was filled with a lot of fear and a lot of things to be worried about. And so for some, this last year may have been Sabbath, but for others, I think it might have been more anxiety and fear disguised as Sabbath. And so my hope is this morning that um, we can walk together and we can discover what Sabbath truly means for ourselves and how we live into that and how we can experience God in the midst of Sabbath. And so before we dive into our scripture reading, if you want to go ahead and grab your Bible, turn to Psalm 23 or on your Bible app, whatever you have. Um, that way you're ready to go when we're going to read it here in just a second. I want to share with you all some things about Psalm the book as a whole is going to be kind of like a crash course um, for a psalm if you haven't done much reading in there. But there are, uh, there are 150 psalms in the modern Christian Old Testament, and they're broken down into different categories, and they are hymns, psalms of Yahweh's enthronement, psalms of individual complaints, which I will tell you is most of them, <laughs> psalms of communal complaints, Psalms of Thanksgiving, Royal Psalms, and Wisdom Psalms. So we've got seven different categories there. The name Psalms is actually derived from the Greek word salamoi, which means to sing to the accompaniment of a harp or lyre. Amanda, I know that you're a fan of that. And so these are quite literally songs. These were written to be sung. And so many of them are written in um, a, a form that would be recognized as poetry. Maybe not what we would recognize with our own Western idea and belief and thought of what poetry is. But it's, you can see a lot of parallelism in the Psalms if you start to dig into them. And, you know, there are many different people who are attributed to writing the Psalms, but the main one is King David. King David was um, shown as a, a musician in scripture. And he shows up in a lot of these Psalms, um, or they're uh, talking about David. So people think that King David wrote most of these. And I do wanna just share this little tidbit. I thought this was kind of um, a funny little quote from one of my books from seminary about Psalms. It says, generations of Jews and Christians have found in the Psalms the language to help them express both their existential anxiety and their wonder and admiration for the God of creation. And I just thought how perfect that seems to be for our day and age, where we live in this weird in-between of, of just sitting in our existential anxiety and just constantly worrying about things. 
but also being really in awe and wonder of the beauty and the grace and love around us. And so how perfect is Psalms for us today? And so now I think we can go ahead and dive into our scripture reading for this morning. Again, we're going to be reading from Psalm 23, and this might be one that you have heard before many, many times. For some of you, this may be the very first time that you are hearing this one. But regardless, I want to invite all of us to hear this passage with a new set of ears, with a new mind, with a mind thinking about Sabbath and rest. And so hear these words. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Amen. And so, friends, this morning, uh, as I was preparing for today's message, I, of course, took to the good old Facebook, and I posed a question, and some of you uh, responded, which I was very thankful, and so I want to share a couple of responses with you all. I asked the question, what does Sabbath look like or mean to you? And so I want to share a couple of responses that I got from folks. Many said this same kind of idea of just simply being not doing, a space to breathe and kind of actively putting away the things that we feel like we should be doing, that there aren't any to-do lists on Sabbath. It was a chance for inward and upward focus. There were a few Black Sabbath jokes, which I'm not too surprised. And if you don't know, Black Sabbath is a band. Um, and so there were a couple of those, not too surprised. For one of my friends, Sabbath looks a lot like holding her newborn baby and just sitting with her. For others, it was just being able to hit the reset button, getting to do something that they enjoy, a day of God's agenda, a time to recognize that Jesus can do it without us, but in that same breath, recognizing that they are worthy of rest and that we're not valued for what we do, but we're a value to God because of who we are. And a friend of mine, her name is Megan, said this, and I found it really um, just kind of on point. She said, time is usually a commodity or resource that is to be spent in certain ways. My concept of Sabbath is that time is a gift. We were created for Sabbath rest, renewal, and delight. And we are meant to enjoy the rest, renewal, and delight of Sabbath rather than being restricted by it. I used to think that Sabbath meant that we would have to stop doing things. Now I understand that Sabbath is more about doing the things that explicitly honor God and help me connect more deeply with God, myself, and those around me. And so Sabbath is first mentioned in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 16, in the story of the manna of the wilderness. 
The Israelites are told that they need to gather up the manna for each day, but just for that day. They can't get more than they need for the day. They can only get that. But then on the sixth day, they can get double the amount because then on the seventh day, they can't. Like, it's just a lot of instructions for the Israelites. We feel kind of bad for them. Like, and they always seem to mess it up. But I think they kind of get this one. And then later on in Exodus, we're given the Ten Commandments and then right smack dab there in the middle of all the commandments is the one about Sabbath. And it says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son, your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth and all that inhabited it. And all that is in them, and but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. And then later on in the Gospels, we see plenty of stories of Jesus working on the Sabbath day, right? He's healing people. He's doing different things and things that the high religious leaders would consider working. And you know that Jesus would break that rule every time if it meant helping or healing or sharing love with someone, right? That's what Jesus was all about. Jesus is all about flipping those tables and making people think in a whole new way. And I don't think that Sabbath is any different. And I just really love this viewpoint of my friend, Megan, that she had about Sabbath, the quote that was up on the screens just a moment ago. And so I wanted to call her up and wanted to have a conversation with her to talk about Sabbath a little bit more deeply. And then my head just started spinning. And, you know, I don't know that I really had a very clear, a very good understanding of what Sabbath was um, pre-pandemic. And I'm not sure that I really know for sure right now, but I do believe I have a deeper understanding of what it could mean for me. Sabbath should be less about the restrictions that we have when we desire to connect to God, and it should be more about what, is, what we gain in that freedom when we pause and allow ourselves the space to grow closer to God in the midst of our crazy, busy lives. Because for some, like I mentioned, that stillness, that quiet, it can be more stressful and harmful than it is helpful. If people feel like they are forced to stop, if they feel like they have to stop and give up things just in order to do Sabbath, then they're just sitting there and they're thinking about all the things that they should be doing. They're thinking about their to-do list. They're worried about all the things that are going on in their life and in the world. And they aren't taking that time to just be freed of those things, to truly experience that time of renewal and rest. And so Sabbath can get really exhausting if we don't change and shift our focus and understanding of what it can be. And so I want to share with you all um, about Kronos time versus Kairos time. You may have heard of this or may not, and that's totally fine, but I think it's important that we talk about this when we talk about Sabbath, when we talk about what it means to rest. And so Kronos refers to chronological or sequential time. It's measured in the way that um, most of the way that the world functions, right? We, we follow a schedule. We follow what the clock says. Like I'm looking back, it says 1142. Like I know that I've got to end at a certain time, right? Like that's how we do it. We measure our, our time and efficiency. Whereas Kairos time isn't measured chronologically, but it's measured by depth. It's about um, the right or opportune 
moment. It isn't this horizontal line of time. And, and if there are any uh, Doctor Who fans out there, it's all wibbly wobbly, timey wimey kind of stuff. Thank you, Sue. I see it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but Chronos time is quantitative, while Kairos time is qualitative. And so that's why I love with this idea of Chronos and Kairos time with Psalm 23 in mind, with this idea of not being restricted by the things of Sabbath. That's why I think Psalm 23 is so perfect to talk about Sabbath. It sits right there in the midst of Kairos time. God is the divine shepherd walking with us, walking beside us, leading us toward rest and restoration, just beautifully sums up what Sabbath is. This is a psalm that, again, like I said, I've heard many times. I believe probably most of you have heard many times. And so when I came to it, I had to come to it with fresh ears and fresh eyes, come to it with the intentionality of what is Sabbath. And so when I read it, thinking of Sabbath as this freeing, not restricting Kairos moment, I found that this passage is giving God thanks and glory for all of the things that we are blessed with. This psalm invites us to allow God in so that our souls may be restored and that we might be changed and renewed. I believe that this psalm, we are challenged to live in community with those that we may not always see eye to eye but that we are called to sit down and break bread with them. And I believe that we are reminded that through all of the things that we go through in life, God is with us. In Psalm 23, this fan favorite, it has helped me gain a deeper understanding of Sabbath. Sabbath is more than just not doing. Sabbath is restoration work. Sabbath is knowing that even in the darkest of times of your life, that God is walking with you. Sabbath is knowing that and thanking God for the ways that God fills us up, for the ways that our cup overflows. Sabbath is knowing that in the midst of all things of life, celebrations and sorrow, darkness and light, fear and faith, that God is present and abiding within us, and us abiding in God. And so now, friends, in this season of our lives, as we move out of this pandemic, as we um, see that that light at the end of the tunnel is growing brighter and brighter by each day, as we move out of this really crazy, weird, slow, and have nothing to do, but also everything is going on at the same time kind of moment, where do you need to find rest and restoration and renewal? Where do you need to experience God's presence in your life? And how might this psalm help you do that? Sabbath is going to take practice. Just like everything in our lives, it's going to take intentionality and time. And sometimes it may be really, really difficult like I know when we do meditations like that, Aaron led us in one as a staff a couple weeks ago, and man, it was hard. But also sometimes in the moments of the mundane and the everyday, you may find those sparks of that kairos. You may feel little, uh, see little glimpses of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. And my prayer for all of us is that we will take the time to do that 
that we will see what happens when we allow ourselves to be joyfully freed from the things that restrict us from truly connecting with God and with others and with ourselves. Because I think that once we're able to do that, once I think we're able to find those moments in our lives, even if for just a very brief moment, we're going to find joy and comfort and resting and abiding in God. This morning, we're going to be celebrating Holy Communion together, something that we were not able to do for a very long time together, friends. And I know that it can be something that we can just go through the motions. But friends, this morning, I hope that you are able to see and experience a bit of that kairos. That this morning, it can be a time of Sabbath and renewal for you. For in this meal that we are going to share together, where all are welcome at this table, where we are given love by God, and then challenged to go and take that love back out into the world, that is a holy and sacred moment, friends. And so I hope this morning that as we are taking communion, we remember Sabbath, connecting more deeply with God, with our neighbor, and with ourselves. May it ever be so. Amen.